On ESPN 1000, you can also catch us on 100.3 HD2 and the ESPN Chicago app. Watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Guys have the night off. They were in for Greeny today from 10 to noon. If you miss any of that, be sure to check out the podcast on the Black and Abdallah podcast feed on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also catch the guys tomorrow. They will be back from 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. And for an all-calls welcome Friday right here. So Tyler Rocky in for the guys tonight. I wanted to get to this last night, but we didn't have some time because of all of the, the Bears conversation that we got into. But... You know, quarterback is, is so polarizing in this league, and it's the haves and the have-nots, right? It, it, you've got teams that feel very confident with what they've got right now, and you've also got teams that are always searching for that next quarterback. And then you've got teams that have a guy on their roster, but not necessarily sold by him right now. So I took a, a sample of 11 quarterbacks that I think are either – on a rookie deal, looking for a second contract, or guys that are sort of in limbo for a third contract and aren't locked down for the next four or five years here. All right? So I'm going to go through. I've got guys that I think, yes, you're signing to a contract today, an extension today. You lock them down if you can. Then I've got a list of guys who I say, no, I'm not signing them to a long-term deal right now. And then a list of guys who I'm sort of in the middle on, don't have a good gauge either way, but I'll give you where I lean on all of them right now, all right? So let's start with the yeses here, okay? I think it's pretty easy. I think you're sold 1,000% on these guys moving forward. That's a group of guys that were all drafted inside the top five of the NFL draft. It is Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Herbert. I feel confident having those guys on my team. And if I do, I know I'm going to have an advantage at the quarterback position in almost every single game out there that you're going to be participating in. So give me a yes on Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. Here's where I would say no. Guys that I'm not sold on right now. Guys that I would not extend if I had to offer it today. Mac Jones, no thank you. Zach Wilson, no thank you. Jared Goff, not extending. Dak Prescott, no thank you. Kirk Cousins, I'll pass. And Tua Tungavailoa, I'll pass on. So a lot of names there I think are easy to, to sort of decipher, right? Like Dak Prescott, I think we've seen what Dak Prescott is. Kirk Cousins, we've seen what Kirk Cousins is. I'm not extending those guys to big money figure contracts moving forward. Now, if some of these guys were look, you're looking at and say, oh, you know, the the interesting sort of angle is like, how how big is the contract? What are the these guarantees looking like? And this all has the the backdrop of Lamar Jackson on it, right? Because Lamar Jackson's out there looking for a new contract right now. 
Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed deal. And that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Which of these quarterbacks would you be willing to give a fully guaranteed deal to? All of this on the the precipice of what we saw last year in the offseason with Deshaun Watson getting his fully guaranteed $230 million deal from the Cleveland Browns. So looking at that sort of as your backdrop here, I'm not giving a fully guaranteed deal to Mac Jones. I'm not giving one to Tua Tungavailoa. That's more health-based than anything. I think Tua had a solid season last year. Um, but again, we don't know what his long-term outlook looks like in the league. Jared Goff, we've kind of seen Jared Goff, right? Like in the right system, he's good. But I'm not giving a guy, a, a system-type quarterback, a fully guaranteed deal. This is where we get into the maybe category, all right? You've got Kenny Pickett, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Fields. Now, Kenny Pickett is sort of in the too early to tell category for me. I would lean no right now in terms of giving him a fully guaranteed deal, but we saw some flashes from him towards the end of the season. Then we get to Lamar Jackson, a guy who's suffered some injuries. And I know everyone's going to say like, oh, Lamar Jackson, you can't give him a fully guaranteed deal because he's a running quarterback. Well, to that, I would say you look at the Lamar Jackson injuries that he's suffered the last couple of seasons. And I, I look at where they came from. Both of them were pocket injuries. Both of them came because he was throwing the football. So... If you're going to give Lamar Jackson flack for being a running quarterback and being injured, just know where his last two significant injuries that have knocked him out for a good amount of time have come from. They've come from the pocket as a a pocket passer. So while he is someone that you're taking a risk on because he is going to use his legs, he's also a guy who, as of late, has used his legs in an intelligent manner. And has learned to be a runner of the football, much like we saw with Russell Wilson, who kind of had that instinct from day one, it felt like. But he was a guy who knew when to slide, when to get out of bounds, and knew how to avoid taking the big hit. And I think that's something that the next guy on my list here, Justin Fields, we've also seen get a little bit smarter. He has taken some hits, but a lot of those have come in the pocket or while throwing the football. And we've also seen him start to learn to get out of bounds And I think we are starting to see, and we will see a little bit more frequently next year, if he does get hit as a runner, he will get some of these calls. So I lean yes in terms of getting a guaranteed deal on Lamar and Fields. But I still think both of those guys, and Fields more so than than Lamar, leave a little to be desired. We've seen Lamar be an MVP, but I also know that can he get back to that level? Because we have seen the arm not be as good as we've seen it in his MVP season. We have seen him struggle a little bit in the division as well. It feels like there's times where the ball's taken out of his hands in certain moments as well, especially in the division. So with all of that being said here, I think of one more name as a part of this list that's really interesting to me of would I give a fully guaranteed contract to right now? And that's Jalen Hurts. Because Jalen Hurts, to get, to me, I'm not worried about the hits and stuff that he takes. I'm a little bit worried of what happens to Jalen Hurts 
if he doesn't have all of those guys around him, right? Like, he's in the perfect situation right now. He's got a stellar offensive line. He's got one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. And he's also got studs on the outside. He's got a great receiver in a one in A.J. Brown. He's got a great receiver who would be a one in on almost any other team in Devontae Smith. And then he's got a pretty good tight end as well with Dallas Goddard there. Not to mention that I think he complements his, his backfield well. And we saw that team cycle in three different guys to, to be running backs on that team. And all of them found their successes over the course of the season. Now, if you ask me today, would I extend Jalen Hurts? The answer is yes. I would extend Jalen Hurts in a heartbeat. But would you give him a fully guaranteed contract? I'm not worried about Jalen Hurts getting hurt as a runner. I'm not worried about Jalen Hurts getting hurt as a passer. I think he, he's very good. He was, he was good with, with being a smart runner. He plays some of those physical... And, and that's the other thing, too. I think physically... He's built up. The injuries aren't what, aren't what concerns me. The, the thing that concerns me is when you pay Jalen Hurts and you can't afford to have that second receiver, you can't afford to have a luxury piece at tight end, and you have to start to develop a lot of your draft picks towards building up the defensive side of the ball when the inevitable father time catches up on that side of the ball, can you trust him? Can you trust him to still be that quarterback? We saw it with Patrick Mahomes this past year, right? We found out you can trust Patrick Mahomes in any sort of situation. The contract had kicked in. He was making, I believe it was $37 million this past season as a part of his 10-year $450 million deal. So can he make other people better? Or do other people have to uplift Jalen Hurts to get to that level? I look at it right now as with a guy like Jalen Hurts, I think that the physical traits are there, but does he need the supporting cast as well to be effective? I'm not quite there on Jalen Hurts yet. I would rather look for a guy in Fields or Lamar who I feel like actually elevates some of his outside talent around him. You look at what Justin Fields, the fact that he was able to have some guys make plays for him this past season, Cole Komet, I feel like is someone that Justin Fields sort of uplifted a little bit. You look at some other guys out there, Dante Pettis, Fields uplifted. You look at a, a guy in Equinemia St. Brown, he made a couple of big catches down the field, also dropped a few balls too, but Justin Fields uplifted some of those guys. And I think that when you look at what Jalen Hurts has done in the NFL, and I see Nick, who's in Skokie right now, has an interesting question that I'll get to in a second there, and I think it's a great point as well. I, I feel like Jalen Hurts needed a little bit of help to get there. And every quarterback needs help, all right? Don't get me wrong there. Every quarterback needs help. But I just don't know if Jalen Hurts is a guy that's difference-making enough where I am throwing an entire guaranteed bag at him and saying, yep, I'm fully confident in building around you and paying you an exorbitant amount of money to be my quarterback right now. I would extend him, but I'm not giving him the guarantee that, that 
you saw a guy like Deshaun Watson get. And in fact, I don't know if I would have even given Deshaun Watson that, especially given the extenuating circumstances around that as well. 312-332-3776. That's where we check in with Nick and Skokie. What's up, Nick? How's it going, brother? Good. Um, so I got kind of a, a double thing. One, I'm a Vegas Raiders fan, so mm-hmm. when I hear this question asked, it's like, man, I'll take anybody, Tyler. I really would. Like, honestly, You know, like, that's how you, Bears fans felt, too, <laughs> before yeah, Justin I'm, Fields. I'm I'm so like just lost in the sauce that if Yurko was like, "Hey, listen, I'll play, I'll play, I'll play fine. Just bring it, man. Just please, just do something, something more than just what keep we your have shoes right on." Now. Good lord, um, here was my question. So, I think the Jalen Hurts thing is actually really, really interesting. And the question I have is, if let's just play because honestly, this is what I love about you know sports talk radio. Let's say Jalen is the Chiefs quarterback in this Super Bowl, and Pat is the Eagles quarterback. But, you know, Jalen has Andy Reid, and he's got that coaching staff, and he's got Travis, and he is he is that guy in Kansas City. And then we have Pat, who has all this natural ability, and he's the guy in Philly. Um, is, is, is the Super Bowl different based on the defenses they have, the mm-hmm. offensive lines, the coaching staff? Because I truly believe, and I think you said this too, and it's one of the, my favorite things about listening to you is, uh, Philly was out coached in that game, especially in the second half. Mm-hmm. So if Jalen is on that team with that coaching staff and Pat is with the Eagles, does that kind of switch the narrative of whether or not we would give Jalen that money? You know, I actually look at it the other way, Nick. I think that okay. if Patrick Mahomes was on the Eagles with uh-huh. that supporting cast, it's a blowout. Like it is a blowout, and we're looking at a wildly entertain, uh, unentertaining Super Bowl as opposed to what we saw being one of the greatest games that we've seen in the 21st century from a Super Bowl standpoint there. Uh, if, if you swap those two quarterbacks and you give Mahomes yeah. a guy like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and you still have Dallas yeah. Goddard there, and that offensive line and level of protection and a defense on the other side, I, I think you're looking at one of the most lopsided Super Bowls that we've ever seen. So then does that answer change the question or the narrative of the question about Jalen in terms of what like like when you're saying you know would you pay Jalen Hurts would you pay mm-hmm. him to make the players because I truly believe and I, I have to pay play the Chiefs twice every year so like I get a front row mm-hmm. piece of Patrick Holmes Pat really does make the players around him better especially right. with some of the stuff that he does once he gets out of the pocket and stuff it's like I, I it, it's difficult to contain him right so if if you're saying Jalen the ability to make the players around him better and making that kind of money to do so, does it change the question of well then are we still gonna does Jalen warrant that type of money then? Right. Yeah. No, I I mean you look at the guys that he's made better, and listen, I think Travis Kelsey's a really good tight end. He would have been a Hall of Famer, I think, okay. with with most quarterbacks. But I think when you give him Patrick Mahomes that's when you elevate Travis Kelsey into the greatest tight end of all time conversation. When yeah. you look at um, what we saw this year with Juju Smith-Schuster, too, that's when you elevate. I mean, you're going to see Juju probably get a decent contract this offseason from somebody because of what we saw him deliver alongside Patrick Mahomes this past season. So does Jalen warrant the, the – to your question, like mm-hmm. when you said, would you give these quarterbacks this money? 
because of everything you're telling me about Pat and that team, if we put Jalen on that Chiefs team with Travis and with Juju, does Jalen Hurts warrant the type of money that, that you're talking about? I would say no. In fact, I don't even think the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. And I, I agree, man. I really do. And I'm sorry, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Yeah, but I thought no, it was, it was a great point. But incredible question. It's like, man, you know, I like Jalen Hurts. I really, really do. But when you switch the scenario around like that, I agree with you. I think Philly just blows them out of the water and it really shows, okay, then is that about the coaching staff or is that about Jalen Hurts? Right. And, and here's That's the awesome. thing. When I was looking at the Super Bowl matchup, Nick, I, I saw Philadelphia as the better team, but Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the game. And yeah. I was burned by that one time when I was picking the game. All right, I was burned by that in the Super Bowl a couple of years before that, where Patrick okay. Mahomes was the best player in that game, in that Super Bowl, between the Bucks and the Chiefs. But right. the, especially given the health circumstances, the Bucks were the better overall team. Right. And I was burnt there. But fast forward a couple of years, and we see the, the same sort of situation flare up, and I was burnt again. So the next time it comes up, I don't know which way I'm going to pick. If we see uh, Patrick Mahomes against a, an all-time great team, or maybe we see uh, a Joe Burrow team, but we're going he's going up against an all-time great level, or not all-time great, but he's going up against a great collection and a fully rounded-out team. I don't know right. which way I'm going to go. I really don't, because I, it's brought me into a mental pretzel the way that that these last those two Super Bowls have sort of played out there. But appreciate the phone call, Nick. You have a good night. Take care, brother. That's Nick and Skokie, 312-332-3776. You want to talk with us here, Tyler Aki in for Black and Abdallah tonight. When we come back, Tim Anderson has been making some headlines, and I think it's something that doesn't sit well with a lot of not just White Sox fans, but I think sports fans in general. I'll talk about that coming up next. Tyler Aki in for Black and Abdallah. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black, 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 Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Tim Anderson's been making a lot of headlines lately. He was on the Sox Talk podcast with Chuck Garfine. This was a a tweeted out segment by Garfine from yesterday. And he was talking about the White Sox season from last year, right? And and Tim said they, they underachieved last year. He knew they underachieved last year. There were higher expectations for the White Sox. And for a team that had championship expectations... And hopes, they certainly fell a little bit short there. But this is the part where people are not as happy with what Tim Anderson had to say yesterday with Chuck Garfine. Take a listen to this. The plan is, you know, we know not to, you know, do what we did last year. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of room to grow. And, um, you know, just a lot of confusion. A lot of people pulling from from different angles, you know, uh, not just in the clubhouse. 
you know, fans as well. Um, a little bit of everybody. So, uh, you know, the ultimate goal is to, you know, try to try to dumb that down and get it back on, you know, pulling from the same screen with everybody, including you. Including me. What do you mean, including me? Including you. What are you trying to say? I ain't got to say it. You know what? I, I, well, <laughs> that, that I was questioning why you guys couldn't win? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, you know, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're a part of this and you're like, and you're like one of our supporters and you see somebody struggling, that's like, you know, that's kind of like, uh, you know, if you see your wife struggling, you're going to pat her on the back, right? So that's kind of one of those things. If we're on the same umbrella, I think we should all be pulling from the same screen and not tearing each other down um, and not tearing players down. Or, you know, we don't tear you down. So yeah. I think it's just one of those things. we got to support each other. We support you. We make ourselves access to you, yeah. you know, when you want to talk to us. So it's just kind of one of those things that we all got to be, you know, be on a positive screen and pull from the same screen. And uh, I think we can be better as a whole. Was I tearing you down? No, you weren't tearing me down. You just making, you was causing a lot of confusion. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was causing. I was. Listen to after a lot. I mean, but you gotta think about it. The fans listen to you. Yeah. Right. You're right. talking. We don't talk. We just play. Well, you, no, you talk. You can talk. We don't. We don't talk though. When the game's on, we don't talk. They're listening to you. Right. So uh, if we're putting out positive energy, then positive energy is gonna always yeah. follow us. You know what I'm saying? I tried. Yeah. I tried to be as positive season. as I could. Okay. It's a rough season. It's okay. We understand. Um, you know, but but ultimate goal, man, is to you know just continue to go out and, and play hard, and uh, you know really see what happens. Um, so that was Tim Anderson talking on, on the White Sox Talk podcast yesterday uh, with Chuck Garfine, and hearing that as someone who really loves watching Tim Anderson play baseball. And really, I mean, seeing the way that the White Sox season transpired last year, it, I, I get it. Like, frustrations are going to boil. And in those instances, a lot of fingers get pointed around the room, right? A lot of fingers probably in that White Sox locker room. But this is a chance to reset. This is a chance for a new season. And to go out and blame the media, blame the fans... For not pulling on the same end of the rope as you? That's weak. That's really weak there from TA. And, and this is one of the things that really bothers a lot of fans, right? Because th- this White Sox team hasn't won anything. They haven't. This group of guys, they, they've won one playoff game. Or rather, two playoff games, I should say. One in the shortened season the 60-game season, and then one in the series against the Astros. So when you look at this team and the expectations that they've had as as a team these last couple of years and to see them underperform at the level that they have, you need to start looking inward, all right? Point to thumb and not the finger there. Because it's cool to have all the swag in the world, right? That's what T.A. has right now. He's got the bat flips. He's on the cover of video games, all that stuff. He's the cool. He was literally before Justin Fields got here. Tim Anderson was head and shoulders the coolest athlete in this city. But I think Swag's got an expiration date. Winning doesn't though. People love winners forever and ever and ever. But people will be quick to turn on someone who does a bunch of commercials who does a bunch of different uh, different antics during games. I mean, look at Baker Mayfield, right? Baker Mayfield, it felt like, was on top of the world, number one overall pick. But people turned on Baker Mayfield. 
People turned real quick on Baker. He was doing all the commercials. He was talking a lot of junk. He tried to exude this personality, and it wasn't a winning one. And that would be the cautionary tale that I would give out for for Tim Anderson as well. Because the, the swagger that you exude, eventually people don't care for the swag anymore. Swag's cool when it's new, when it's fresh, when it's something you haven't seen before, right? Like when Tim Anderson is consistently bat flipping around the base paths there, it's cool. It's new. It's fresh. It's exciting. Well, guess what? Everyone's sort of like, it's a copycat sort of thing. You're, you're the cool guy. Everyone wants to be like the cool guy. And eventually everyone starts doing what the cool guys do, what the cool kids are doing. And then once what was fresh and cool becomes commonplace, you got to find a new sort of angle to keep yourself relevant. And the one thing that never gets old, the one thing that is timeless, that plays for days is winning. And that's the next level for Tim Anderson right now. Listen, the the swag that he has, it's reached its expiration date right now. No one cares how cool Tim Anderson is anymore. It doesn't matter. The the change the game stuff, it doesn't matter anymore. Now you got to start winning, all right? It's cool to quote unquote change the game. Right? Give people a a different little angle to look at baseball. Bring in new eyeballs, right? But you don't want to be the cool guy that never wins. And that's what Baker Mayfield was. And I think we may be starting to see that a little bit with John Morant as well in basketball, too. Like, right, the the Grizzlies were this cool, young, hip team that were just a lot of fun to watch. And Ja was this guy who was a new superstar exuding all this swagger. And now they're turning into one of the, the more hated teams in the NBA, the Grizzlies and the White Sox. They're becoming unlikable in this town unless they start winning and changing the narrative. Because guess what? Winning doesn't have an expiration date of being cool. Winning will always be cool. And that's exactly how Tim Anderson and this White Sox team can change its perception within this town. So something that I know angered a lot of White Sox fans and just baseball fans in general, too. It's it's time to to start winning because the expiration date on Swagger has passed on the White Sox and changing the game has passed on the White Sox. It's time to start winning. 312-332-3776. You know, there was something that I saw on social media uh, a couple days ago and it struck me as odd. It struck me as very, very odd. I'll, I'll tell you what that was coming up next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Anniversary celebration coming up a month from tomorrow. Friday, March 24th, House of Blues. Doors open at 11 a.m. 
We will have live shows from noon to 6 here on ESPN 1000, live from the House of Blues. You do need a ticket, though, and to buy them, go to LiveNation.com. Search ESPN Chicago. You must be 21 and older to get into the event with a valid ID. You're not going to want to miss this. The 25th anniversary of ESPN 1000 party. Biggest party of the year. We're going to have a reunion show of Mac, Yurko, and Harry. Other guests scheduled to appear. Jay Cutler, Robbie Gold, Eddie Olchek, Michael Wilbon, Marchie and Greco, the Cornets. Sarah Spain, Nick Friedel, Luke Canellis, Fred Hubner, Ray Flores, and many more to come. So get your tickets, LiveNation.com. Search ESPN Chicago. You must be 21 and older with a valid ID to get in. House of Blues, March 24th. Be there with us. 312-332-3776. Tyler Rocky in for Bleck and Abdallah tonight. If you want to join the show, we've been talking a lot of Bears today. Also a little bit of Tim Anderson as well, his comments that he made to Chuck Garfine. But... I saw this on Twitter, and I haven't had a chance to get to it. This was during the Super Bowl, actually. Uh, so Brett Hanfling tweeted this out. He's on a plane. He's on a flight, right? And you know how on, on the plane every these days now every back headrest has a TV screen on it? And so middle of the Super Bowl, everybody, and there's a picture of this on Twitter, everybody is watching the Super Bowl, right? I mean, it's a it's a cultural event. Everyone, eyes glued, people throw parties for it. You know the whole deal with the Super Bowl. Everyone has to be watching. It's a can't-miss event. And the ratings bore that out this past season. So everybody on the planes got the Super Bowl on their back headrests, on the television screens. It's always funny to me to see, like, if you ever go to, like, a, a school bar like a, a Arizona-affiliated bar, an Iowa-affiliated bar, right? And you see every screen when the Iowa game is on. Every screen has the Iowa game, and it's just you see the same thing, but it's happening on like five different screens all at once. So that's what's happening on this plane, right? Except for one seat. One seat on this plane has a guy watching the movie Hitch with Will Smith. So there's everybody here watching the Super Bowl except for one guy that's pointed out who is watching Hitch while the Super Bowl is taking place. And he is getting roasted for it. So Brett tweets out, the one dude watching Hitch on this plane should be jailed, a menace to society. And to that, what I say is, listen, you want to watch Hitch while the Super Bowl is going on? You do you, right? Like, I feel like everyone has the one thing in life that is a cultural event that everybody loves that you're just like, eh, not for me. And I think flying during the Super Bowl maybe holds you prisoner to that as well. Like if you're flying during the Super Bowl, there's a good chance you don't care all that much about football can't. unless you're flying for work, right? But my question was, is this the first time he's ever watched Hitched? Hitched. That's a good now, point. Now, that's a menace to society right there. <laughs> <laughs> you waited 10 years later. Well, you don't know how old they are either. Like, what, yeah. what, what if I'm the, assuming the he's like 15, 40. Right? You can't really see because uh, the plane lights are dimmed, right? You got that night flight, so all the plane lights are down. But I want to ask you at 312-332-3776, what is the one big cultural event that everybody else loves? Everybody's all into. And you're just like, huh? It's not for me. I'll give you mine. The Olympics. Don't care one bit about the Olympics. 
every single year. Winter, summer. I like the summer more so I can tolerate. But the winter, when everyone comes out of the woodworks and is a curling expert all of a sudden, and everybody wants to go to the local rink and grab their brooms and do some scrubbing, right? To, to try to get those stones close into the little target spots. Not for me. I do not care one bit about the Olympics. It, I, I never seek it out. I, I know my roommates are big fans of it. So when it is Olympic season, and we've had a couple of Olympics since we've been living together, but they always have it on. And for me, I, I'm doing something else. I will do something else. I will go on my laptop. I will go watch something on my iPad. I will do all my cooking in the kitchen. I will stay as far away, especially from the Winter Olympics, because it is not for me. Don't like it. But what is the cultural event that you just don't really partake in, don't care that much about? 312-332-3776. This all stems from the tweet of the Super Bowl's going on on the plane. Everyone's watching it, but... One seat is fixated on the movie Hitch. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you've me, got a cultural event, for me, I probably say sorry. World Cup. World Cup, I not for you. I don't follow soccer closely enough throughout the year, and so you just jump right in. Well, I mean, if if the U.S. is doing that well, mm-hmm. you know, I'll I'll jump and see what the women are doing. The women are usually doing better, but yeah. I'll jump in. You get to actually watch like bracket play with the women, yeah, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, I'll jump in with the women and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the men in World Cup, eh, sorry. I just, it's just not my thing. Yeah, you know, Kendra, I'm actually sort of similar to you there. I'm not a huge World Cup guy. I'll watch it if it's on, but I didn't watch the final. I didn't watch the final of the World Cup this year. I I didn't care that much about it. Um, I I heard it was a good game. I could hear people yelling downstairs. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry I missed it. But I, I was I was sleeping. I was sleeping through <laughs> through it. I didn't care that much. And the fact that it was it was on at such an odd time. Like, wasn't it on at like 9 a.m. too? Yeah, it was a weird time. You had to have like scheduled it into your Cause day. Because it was out in Cutter. Out. Yeah, it, it wasn't for me. Brent, Brendan, do you have a, a big event? You just, eh, not for me. I was trying to think because sports are the only ones. Like, there's not a ton of major cultural events that I, I can think of that aren't sports. Mm-hmm. The closest thing I could come up with, I was not into... Uh, uh, Game of Thrones early on. Okay. Now I I ended up three four seasons in. So ended up caved. Yep. Getting convinced, mm-hmm. but like that was an event. Like every time a new Game of Thrones episode came out, it was like the only thing you could see on Twitter. And it took me a few seasons to be convinced I should give it a try. So the one other thing that that's not sports related here that I think of everyone always has the war on Thanksgiving. Right. You've got people that love Thanksgiving, and then you've got people who despise Thanksgiving as a holiday and say, oh, I hate the food, I hate the gathering, I I just want to watch my football in peace. Like, uh, There are people out there who absolutely despise Thanksgiving. And listen, if it's an event that's not for you, it's not for you. I get it. But 312-332-3776, I believe this is Tal in North Riverside. What's up, Tal? Hey, hey Tyler, how you doing? Good, what you got for us? I cannot stand award shows. It doesn't matter the genre or anything, music, film, TV. I do not care. I mean, and I'll see stuff online and I'll mm-hmm. like rewatch something that happened, like a performance or a speech or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, that's cool. But I'm not sitting through three hours of that crap. Right. See, right. It, the other th- Yeah, I, I agree with you right there, Tal. Like some things are just good to experience on social media. 
and like little right. clips here and there. I think social media stuff. And like, sure, don't get me wrong. The the Olympics, world class athletes out there, right? I, I'm not Thanks. denying the the brilliance of what is out there. It's just not interesting, and for me. Okay, well, I have my certain events that mm-hmm. I'll watch in the Olympics just because, like, gymnastics, figure skating, that mm-hmm. stuff's kind of cool. I'm interested in it. Like, someone running around a track. No, I'm not really that. I don't care. So, see, I for don't me, watch it's that like. Stuff. So I pick and choose what I watch. Right. And it's like, I'm cool. Like, if there's something magnificent that happens in an event or in a game or in Well, it's going to be everywhere the next day, anyway. So. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking. That's like you can consume it on social media. I'm good with it. I I don't need to watch it live. I don't need to sit down and watch extended minutes. But if you give me a little 30 second snippet, fine. Good. Good by me. But that's about it. Thanks, Tal. Appreciate it. Good luck with your move, by the way. Oh, yeah. Thanks. I'm not looking forward to it. (laughs) 312-332-3776. Tom's in Oak Lawn. What's up, Tommy? So I was on a track team, so I love watching guys and girls run around the track. So just uh, take I a was jab too, at that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't but, mind. Uh, I actually like some of the track and field stuff because I'm like you, Tom. I, I ran track in, in high school, so it is interesting to me to see some of that stuff. Right. But, like, for me, it's I'm not into, like, the Golden Globes and even, like, the Oscars and such. I'm more for the Oscars. It's more just best picture, best actor and such. I don't care about really like best short term documentary or or best animated short or best. You know which you know, one I never care about? Or whatever. Best soundtrack. Who cares? <laughs> best original score. Ooh, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going. To, I'm not watching a movie because of the original score. So I mean, I'm sure that. I know they do a lot of great hard work and everything like that, but that's just I'm that's just not me. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Appreciate it, Tom. You have a good one. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Again, this all stems from a tweet during the Super Bowl. Everyone on the plane is watching the Super Bowl, save one. That is a guy who is watching Hitch. In the middle of the flight. 312-332-3776. What is the cultural event you don't care about? You're not going to watch it. You don't care. Even if everyone else is shoving it in your face. 312-332-3776. Tyler Aki in for Black and Abdallah. We'll take more of your calls coming up next. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. to Kendra Smith for producing tonight's show of Black and Abdallah. The guys will be back tomorrow night. Tyler Aki in from 6 to 8 tonight. Black and Abdallah for an all-calls welcome Friday tomorrow. Back together in this time slot. 312-332-3776. We've been talking about a, a viral tweet from a, about a week ago. 
During the Super Bowl, everyone is fixated on this plane, on this flight. Everyone is watching the Super Bowl on their entertainment devices on the flight, except for one person who's watching Hitch. So what is the cultural event you just do not care about? And I've seen some good answers in the Twitch chat as well. Uh, Note says, anything Kardashian, don't care. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm with you right there. Uh, Note Note also says, survivor, don't care. Interesting. Um, Survivor is making a renaissance right now. It is. Everyone's everyone's watching Survivor now. But 312-332-3776, Dave's in Lake Bluff. Oh, Dave, you're going to kill me. Say it. Uh, the men's NCAA tournament. Who cares? Ah, you don't like to use some March Madness, huh? Trash. I want. Uh, doesn't matter. My friend, I and I want, loved it growing up in college, and it, right around my mid twenties, it just all of a sudden flatlined, and that's thirty years ago. I have friends begging me to do the brackets. I'm like, eh, nah. I'm good. Now, I'm not saying everyone has to do a bracket or gamble or be in a Calcutta or whatever, but you just have no interest in watching basketball all day from noon yeah. all the way till like midnight. I'd rather watch NBA in the bubble. <laughs> I enjoyed the bubble. NBA I did enjoy the bubble. I actually liked a lot of bubble sports. I love the NBA, but mm-hmm. the college basketball, zero. All not, right, Dave. Not. You're breaking my heart uh, yeah. here, but I appreciate the phone call. <laughs> Three one two. Yep, you too. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. James, New Lennox. What's up, James? Hey, how you doing, man? What's up? Um, mine's the election. Like, you know, it's polls have been open for however long. States reporting like three percent, and they're already calling a state for somebody and stuff. It's the whole thing's a joke, anyways, in my opinion. So you're not anti-election necessarily. You're anti like the prolonged coverage of it. Uh, I mean, I think the whole thing's a farce. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, the coverage is just like unbearable. But I mean, I, I I'm from the mindset of what whatever side gets in is going to screw us no matter what. So I it's All like right. picking the the lesser of two evils, in my opinion. All right. Thank you for the call, James. That's James and New Lennox. David is in the West Loop. By the way, you should exercise your right to vote, by the way. three one two three three two three seven seven six. David, West Loop. What's up, David? Man, the election. A lot of good ones. Um, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised no one said mm-hmm. that yet, but St. Patrick's Day in Chicago is, is just the worst. Yeah. So we've got that right around the corner. And, you know, it's been weird for me with with St. Patrick's Day because a lot of my St. Patrick's Day have been kind of axed because of the the whole COVID celebration. And then last year was like two degrees outside. So, like, no one wanted to do anything. I mean, some people braved it last year. I remember I was working here with Peggy Kaczynski and there were people walking by and and all amped up for St. Patrick's Day. But, uh, yeah, no, that, yeah, that's green, green short sleeve shirts, hammered at noon, knocking stuff over. I mean, I, and I, I am older. I need mm-hmm. to preface that, but like, even it in my younger days, okay. like we were knocking over like the red eye, like boxes mm-hmm. into the street. <laughs> awesome. Love it, David. You have a good night. Thank you too. David out on St. Patrick's day. Ryan is in Geneva. What's up, Ryan? Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, is this Tyler? This is Tyler. Yep. Hey, Tyler. First time caller. Appreciate um, it. 
listen to all the all the guys on the AM one thousand. But I was like two callers ago talking about how he'd rather watch a NBA bubble rather than this March Madness. This March Madness is gonna be crazy times a hundred. There's been like the top what, first two teams most ever knocked off in a single season, mm-hmm. first of all. And we got all this situation with Alabama that I feel like it's getting swept under the rug. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that goes. But I promise you, like, I could literally see a, like, 13-plus seed winning this uh, national championship this Ooh, year. Ooh, all right. Ryan, that, that, coming in firing. I mean, so what honestly, are you thinking, like, like an Oral Roberts this year? Yeah, I mean, I they're Max Abrams. We've known about him for a while, so we're not going to like go too All high right. about that. But like, we, we got we got power five teams fighting for like eleven seeds around here. So mm-hmm. it, yeah. there's going to be a lot of upsets. I'm assuming, unless I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. There's been upsets all year, but now who knows? Maybe you get to the tournament and then there won't be. But yeah, um, I'm assuming that will not be the case. All right, but um, put it in my notes, I, Ryan. You, you've got yeah, a 13 NBA, oh, yeah. seed winning also, it. I wanted to add on add on the NBA. Um, NBA is washed up. I start. <laughs> I I stopped liking. I'm I'm 26 years old. I stopped liking NBA when Kobe retired. Like I don't care about it. Never like. I mean, obviously, I'm like I'll like I'll watch it. Love playoffs. Playoffs are awesome. Mm-hmm. But regular season NBA, all these two routines being created, this load management players sitting out prima donnas i mean obviously i respect all of them they're great athletes you know i'm not trying to like fucking or freaking take away from them all right thank thank you ryan appreciate it 312-332-3776 uh mike is in lombard mike you gotta be fast uh yeah college football i have no interest in it at all the nfl is my favorite thing to watch spend all day sunday but i just can't spend two days watching football so i just don't watch college and i record sports center every morning and i'll even fast forward to a lot of the college highlights all right thanks for the call mike got you down there college football hater couldn't be me three one two three three two three seven seven six is the number you need for tomorrow night for an all calls welcome friday with bleck and abdallah they will be back with you from six to eight right here on espn 1000 Carmen, North Riverside, tell the people good night. Good night, Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports.